It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Really nice to be back with you on Late Lunch this Monday afternoon. And a big thank you to Barbara Scully, who was minding the shop for me last week as I... Went fishing, yes, Mayfly time on the lakes, wonderful time of the year, really enjoyed myself. And I have to say, I switched off completely for the week, so I don't know what was going on anywhere. But uh, crash course and catching up happened last night and again this morning, and delighted to be with you on the show once more. Don't forget our contact details, 086-1800-658. You can WhatsApp or text me at any stage during the next couple of hours, and we have lots of chat, as usual, wonderful music, and my top five countdown i'm going back a few years but i know you love the songs i've selected for you this week and lots more to chat about besides but in my absence yes of course i was aware of what happened in navin last week when that uh, young lad was set upon by a group of other young lads and the uh, revulsion continues there was a march in navin the weekend uh, you know letting people know that navin is a diverse town and welcomes everybody and everybody should be expected to so i'm delighted to Open the week today with a very good friend of ours. He's the head of the Social Studies Department at Waterford College of Further Education. He's a childcare expert, author, uh, you name it. He's just a great friend of ours and late lunch. Shane Dunphy, welcome back to the show. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm really good and thanks for joining me. I'm just reading about you. You were horrified for somebody who's seen lots in their lifetime and dealt with a lot with young people. This, was this one of the worst things you've, you've, you've witnessed? Um, I wouldn't say that. What 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 struck me was um, just the ferocity of it, and I think also the fact that there there was the, the, whenever you're looking at a video on Twitter or YouTube or Instagram, what always hits me is the subtext of the fact that somebody stood back and recorded that. Mm. Um, and it's really funny because the same day that I saw that, um, I was driving home um, from from Waterford and I passed a road accident. A poor gentleman had been hit by a car and, um, you know, was lying on the side of the road. Uh, luckily, the paramedics had arrived at that stage, but he was in an awful lot of pain, was crying out in pain, and there was a group of people around with the phones out. And I just thought... You know, how has this ever, you know, what happens to make this okay? Mm. That we feel that it's all right to be a bystander and record what could be the lowest moment in somebody's life and then broadcast that over social media. And and the, following on the logic of that, 
when they're broadcasting that, what do they think? Do they think that this is entertainment? Are they trying to educate us? Um, what, what, what's the thinking? What's the logic behind putting it out there? And, you know, I sat down and I, I really thought about the participants in this attack. And I thought for the young person who was being assaulted, just the horror and the nightmarish quality of that, that you're going through this gauntlet of people who are beating the living daylights out of you for whatever reason. We don't know what the reason is, and I know that they're, 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 the, the legal processes are continuing, etc. So let's not get into that. And ultimately, Jerry, it doesn't matter. Mm. There is no reason. There is no reason for a group of, of, of young people to set upon another young person, no matter what they did or didn't do, or no matter what they look like or don't look like, or no matter what their, the way they choose to, to live their life, or, or feel that they must live their life, or that that's the only way that they can live their life. Mm. Makes no difference. Do you know what I mean? Yes, but um, here's the irony. Had it not been posted, you know, like years ago when we hadn't these phones, uh, Shane, you know this as well, things happened and word of mouth, you might have heard about them or whatever, but it didn't go to this worldwide audience, which it can now uh, with, with social media etc again I, I going back just to what you said a moment ago what are, what are people trying to achieve by this is it is it to show it that you know this is horrific it shouldn't happen is that the reason is it voyeurism is it what well, you see, that's that, 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 those are all of the questions that I've been asking yeah, myself, and yeah. I still don't have an acceptable answer. Right. I think voyeurism is, is an element of it. If you think about shows like Love Island or I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, or any of those shows that involve trial by either psychological or physical mm. um, torment, which we all watch, and, we, and, and people lap them up. Yes. Um, and you are watching people being put through levels of, as I said, either emotional or physical pain. And we see that as entertainment. Um, off the back of this, I, I, I watched the movie Gladiator there over the weekend, you know, about the Roman arena. Yes. And this is just a follow-on of that. Um, you know, back in those days, you'd watch people, you know, being torn apart by lions or, you mm. know, being stabbed to death with a, a sword or a, a spear or whatever. And that's what people paid to watch and queued up to watch and 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 in a way uh, putting these things up on social media is, is is a version of that now i've been criticized some of the comments that i've made on this across various media over over the past few days people have said to me but should the fact that it was put up on on social media meant that the perpetrators could be identified now i really want to call nonsense on that because if you look at the video okay there's about six people who are participating in the assault that we see, but there's about 20 people gathered around. Mm. Um, surely any one of them could have been spoken to by the police and they could identify the perpetrators. Uh, you know, there, there, there were so many people around, so I'm not sure that that's really a valid argument. Yes. The other thing that I, that I want to talk a little bit about here, and um, myself and Louise, your researcher, were chatting about this over the weekend. Um, there's been an awful lot of comment out there, uh, including from the Taoiseach, um, about the, the young people who participated in the attack. Yes. And an awful lot of very, very negative comment has been made about them. Now, can I preface this by saying my main sympathies absolutely go towards the young man who was assaulted, and, and, and he absolutely deserves the lion's share of our sympathy. Of course. However, however... This is a group of 14-year-olds. So the people who perpetrated this attack were children, okay? Yeah. Now, when you're 13 or 14 years of age, you form decisions about things 
not necessarily based on your own intellect or your own capacity to reason or your own capacity to emotionally process what you're thinking. You tend to base them on what you hear from other people. So parents, older kids, the the internet and all of the, the, the nonsense that is often put out there on that. So the reason that these people participated in this assault was very probably not rooted in any in anything that they were able to actually uniquely as a person rationalize themselves mm. okay? okay so what i'm saying is they made a mistake now the actions are abhorrent absolutely the actions sickened me i was appalled however however that doesn't mean that we should necessarily paint these young people in the same way. Mm. I believe that absolutely the person who, rece- who was on the receiving end of the attack should be given all of our sympathy and all of our compassion and get all of the help necessary. But also, this is an opportunity for the young people who participated in the assault to sit back and think about what they did and why they did it and hopefully learn from the experience. Should we not all be hoping that in five years' time, these young people could actually be wonderful, contributing members of our society, and that this could be a turning point in their lives. This is an object lesson in somebody being given a second chance. Yes. And I think, you know, calling them animals, um, you know, uh, all of the awful things that I've seen. Yes, the behavior itself is animalistic, but that doesn't mean that the young people who did it necessarily should be tarred and feathered and, and, you know, abandoned on an island somewhere off the coast. You know, they deserve help as well. Mm. What I saw and what really, I think, possibly was one of the reasons why I was so upset having seen the video was this was violence that young people were perpetrating against other young people. You and I have talked about this so many times over the years, Jerry. You know, the vast majority of abuse that young people experience is at the hands of other young people, Mm. both physical, sexual, emotional, psychological, young people tend to do it to one another, you know? Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean that we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, you know, that there should be, I believe, you know, an effort made uh, so that these young people can sit down. The video is there. They can see it and they can see how awful it looks mm. uh, and realize the error of their ways. And I think that that's a, a part of the conversation that maybe has been Yes, overlooked. And, you know, you are so well qualified to say what you said because you have seen, I'm sure, in the past, it's hard to categorise the level of, you know, what would you say, man's inhumanity to man that was seen in that. But you've seen people do worse, if I could say that, in the past and be rehabilitated, yes? Indeed I have, indeed I have. I mean, I have worked with young people who have abused other young people. And, uh, you know, as I said, these are not fully formed individuals. Mm. These are people who are still going through a rapid amount of of changes in every conceivable way. Every single one of us remembers being 14 and how how challenging that is. Mm. And it's it's a perfect time to actually work with an individual and bring about change. I mean, I, my, my, my heart goes out to people living in Navin at the moment. And, and I've worked there. I worked in, in Navin for several years doing child protection work. And I know what an amazing community it is. And I know that there's great guarded diversion projects there. I know that there are wonderful social services there. I've worked with the guards there, and they're, they're, they're great people. And, you know, of course, 
people are appalled. And of course they want to say, this is not us, this does not represent our community. But I also know that the people of Navan are well able to group together and actually come up with really yep. good solutions to the problems. And that's what I'd love to see happening. You mentioned Gladiator, and before we came on, I was just thinking, and I'm going back a few years, quite a few years, to my days of doing state exams, but a book we did for, I may have been leaving cert, was Lord of the Flies of the by Flies, William, William Golding, Golding. Right? Yeah. And if you, my recollection on on that book was a, a guy called Piggy who looked a bit different. They, his nickname was Piggy, by the way, That's from correct, the yeah. rest of the boys. They find that they're abandoned on this island, uh, these young people again. They find a conch, uh, which they can blow, makes a sound, and it gathers all the children together. There's a guy called Ralph, and uh, you, you know the story. But anyway, the, the, at, the end, at the end of the day, this little chap is picked on his glasses are stolen and then they try and go to retrieve them but at the end of the day that young boy loses his life in the novel you know and what I'm saying is the point I'm getting to is this that within human beings and probably the male of the species more so there is this thing that you know is in in all of us Shane but it doesn't materialise in a lot of us and we are taught and educated right from wrong you know what I'm saying Oh, I do. And you know what? We could do an entire program on this. I mean, like the fact of the matter is, okay, think about the time of year that we're at right now. Okay. Exam season, the pressure that kids are under, you know, Yes. Um, 14 years of age, you're going through adolescence. You talked about the male of the species, testosterone, the hormone that causes aggression is spiking in those young men, mm. you know, it, it, it's rushing around their system. And, you know, you're frustrated, you're angry. Um, you've, you, you don't know where to put that because these days we're told, you know, you, you don't express yourself through violence. But the fact is, kids are violent. You know, how many times when you were in school, Jerry, did you see a bunch of fellas oh, stop. You know, gathered around and two young fellas in the middle knocking the heads off each other? I could run, I'm Shane. Sure. I could run, Shane. I'll tell you that for sure. I could run. <laughs> Absolutely. We've all been there. I, rem- I remember fisticuffs when I was yes. in school. You know, we all remember that. We remember the tribalism that's involved. And as you say, this young gentleman looked a bit different. Yeah. Okay. And possibly something in, and I'm saying possibly because we, as I said, we don't know what was the cause of this, but something maybe in the way he presented himself, maybe in the fact that he had the confidence to present himself like that. Mm. Other young people who maybe weren't feeling as confident and maybe were angry about the fact that they weren't able to express their individuality, they vented that frustration on him. It, it is. It's, adolescence is a time in which young people are so confused yes. and they're so befuddled by all of the changes that they're going through and all of these things that are rushing around their system and they don't know what to do. Also, the IQ goes down. Your IQ measurably drops during adolescence, so your ability to process what's going on is lessened. And it's hilarious that this is the time in which you expect people to go through exams and make decisions about subjects they're going to study in school and all of these pressures that we put our kids under. And, and you know, the fact of the matter is sometimes all of that bubbles to the surface. And when it does, what comes out is ugly. And we've seen that ugliness in close-up. In, in, in this video that was broadcast, as you say, across the world. And the young people who were involved in that, both the, 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 the victim, the person on the receiving end, and the perpetrators have to live with that now. Mm. 
And I think maybe it's it's time to set aside the outrage and to actually now start, you know, thinking about the compassion yes. with which we can actually help these people in this community mm. heal. Shane, I want to leave our listeners with that thought today. That is the thought to keep to the forefront over the coming days and weeks. You're so good to us. You really are. I thank you again for joining me. Always Thanks a pleasure. Jerry. Always a pleasure to chat to you. Take Talk care, to you soon, Shane. Mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The wonderful Shane Dunphy there, childcare expert. Coming up after two on the show, Coletto Hagen is joining me. Listen to this. Isn't she incredible? Marathon number what? 900. What an amazing moment. She's joining me after two on late lunch. Louise, you have a dog. I have a dog. My flat listeners know. Sure, listeners, Christendom here on the show. Messi, he turned 12 recently in May. 12. He's 12. 12. Would you believe it? And 12 years ago, they picked the name here on late lunch. But not a patch on the world's oldest dog. The oldest dog in the world, listen mm. to this, lives in Portugal. His As name the heat. must be, must be. They say that. It's not the rain. No, anyway. no, no. Uh, good, good thinking back, woman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the heat has a lot to do with it. Anyway, his name is Bobby and he turned 31. 31? That's 210. In dog years, isn't it? You well, multiply I don't know. It. They changed it recently. Did, oh, did they? Know, did they? Uh, we, be, we'll still go by seven. Yeah, we, we, we say seven. So that's 210, mm. 217 years mm. old uh, in dog years. I think they changed what age is your fella? Six. Oh, six. Oh, half yeah. the age of Messi. Anyone out there got a, a, a senior dog? Anyone got a senior dog older than, say, 12? Messi is 12. No, he's in good spirits mm. for 12. I give him a little bit of something for his arthritis and that. That's all. But he still has the old playful puppiness about him. You know, even no, at 12 years of age. Old. He's a bit like the old owner himself. But anyway, mm. uh, <laughs> anyone out there with a senior dog older than 12? I'd say there's a good few dogs older than 12. I- so Bobby doesn't eat dog food. Oh, would that be anything towards possibly? It? He eats like meat and offcuts from. That's all human food, like. Okay. So I just wonder if that's anything. Possibly. Yeah, he, uh, he he didn't go grey. I remember we had a really old dog <laughs> growing up, and he went. Yeah. Kind of. He was black, but he went kind of orangey coloured. Uh, yeah, yeah. Messi has the grey whiskers. Has he? Oh, he's whiskers. He's so grey around the grey. face and that. They do go a bit like that as well. Yeah. But what would you think in Ireland? How old would a dog live in? A, would there be, Messi's 12, would there be a 15-year-old dog out there that has to be? Mm. Yeah. 20? 20? No. Mm-hmm. No. I'd be surprised at 20. Maybe 20 would surprise Anyone know of or got an elderly dog out there of an age? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And tell me their name as well. Bobby is 31. He lives in Portugal. Louise says it's to do with the Mediterranean diet and the sunshine that's keeping him going at 31. My Jack Russell died last year, oh. says Frank. And he was 20. <gasps> Frank, 20-year-old Jack Russell. Ah, oh, 20 years to have a dog. Now, that surprised me, a 20-year-old dog in Ireland. Anyone with an elderly dog, tell us their name as well. Are they still alive? Or oh, they may have passed either. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks indeed for all your comments to the show. Jerry, a childcare specialist needs to do his research spreading misinformation that testosterone levels are causing aggression in young men. This is incorrect and backed by a huge body of psychologists 
psychological research. I think you should make listeners aware there's more at play here than just hormones. And I think that's the point. Your last sentence there, he, he didn't say exclusively. He said part part of is the testosterone and it is a huge thing in young men I was a young man myself one day and I actually know what Shane was uh, talking about I have to say but thank you indeed I appreciate your comment there's more here I completely appreciate young people have huge pressures and maybe don't know where or how to vent them however this is not the way and young that young man can't be judged for being different we are all unique and special in our own way and should be free to be ourselves also use use of the phones to show off this awful behavior is almost endorsing this uh, says jackie to me this afternoon Uh, another one there from patricia it was horrific to see children beating their schoolmate to a pulp. God bless them with a full, bless him with a full and speedy recovery. Uh, I think their mothers and fathers should be out joining the parade and show their children how to give respect for all people, regardless of gender, etc. Uh, says Patricia Navin, and so on they go. I do appreciate all your comments. The dogs, we were talking about dogs and their age. My oh my, we have dogs who've reached the senior age in the the northeast um a westy called scout um uh, Maraid has been on to me uh, is 14 uh, Imelda hello to Imelda Fogarty this afternoon Misty was 16 and a half when uh, passed away uh, a couple of years ago and I still have Sandy who's 17 and they were both rescues and brought us much joy Jerry thanks indeed for that Imelda uh, Paul and the league's been on to say he's delighted Nottingham Forest survived yes Arsenal did you a favour for sure Paul I'm only joking I'm only joking delighted they stayed up because they didn't change the their manager and I know a certain Paddy Goodwin who's a very happy man that Forrest are in the Premier Division for next season again Geraldine and Stepanen Penny Shih Tzu Penny the Shih Tzu dog 19 passed away just two years ago what an age and Eddie has uh, Toby or had Toby again 19 uh, had to be put to sleep last December what great age is almost touching 20 years of age have you a senior dog or do you know of someone who has a senior dog or had one or whatever let us know and tell us their names 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text to late lunch this afternoon my next guest oh many moons ago I remember interviewing her and I've interviewed her on a number of occasions since she featured in a wonderful documentary here on LMFM Radio and when I tell you that Colette O'Hagan has reached another milestone she's just completed listen to this her 900th 900 marathon yesterday and she's on the line hail and hearty and fresh and well Colette congratulations how are you, Jerry? I'm, I'm right. I'm hale and hearty here. <laughs> uh, yeah, after yeah, yesterday was when I completed my 900 marathon. And where where did you do that one, Colette? I did it up in a place called Gatehouse, uh, Gatehouse um, uh, Events in uh, Barons Court, which is like a big stately home with lots of forestry around it. So it was a trail marathon. And it's just about 10 miles outside Oma. It's a fabulous place to run. Yeah. With lots of trees and lakes and stuff like that. And it's all traffic free. It was lovely. Colette, you are Wonder Woman. I've said it to you in the past. You did. 900 marathons in the name of St. Christopher. Remind listeners who, who don't know about you that. Your first one, when was it? Where did you run uh, it? My first one was Dublin City Marathon in the year 1990. And that was the year, those early years of my running, there was very few marathons around. And it was kind of not a time like where women were really pre- predominant in marathon running. 
So that we were in the minority at the time. But now, the roll on the years, and like most of the marathons now, there's about, I, I would guarantee nearly that they're more female than male. Mm. To be honest, in the marathon uh, world, yeah, definitely. We have really uh, come on a lot since I started running. I was quite, like, was um, running and training on my own, and there was really nobody running marathons as, as yes. females. But uh, really, and truly, it's come on leaps and bounds, and so has the marathons. There's only two marathons in uh, 1990 and for the next five or ten years sort of thing there's yeah. still only two and then it kind of it, it started to explode a little bit the Martin scene mm. which is great for me to be honest and gave you the opportunity of setting this unique number when you did the first one why did you do the first one Oh well, their husband took me out one once or twice for running, and sure I hated it absolutely hated it <laughs> when I went out and then I kind of got the hang of it and I started running faster than him and that was it. He said, you're on your own now and I'm hoping, I'm kind of hoping he hasn't regretted it now because here I am now, 900 marks later and uh, still, still, please God, uh, still he, running. He, uh, look, when I tell you, he is the wind beneath your wings, as the song well, he says, certainly for is. sure. And family are as well, and all yes. my running friends and stuff. Mm. Oh, I've got a great uh, camaraderie between the, the running crowd and my family are really supportive and encouraging, which I thank them for. Without all that, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing, to I be know. honest. I know, but you're 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 such a wonderful lady. So you go on and then you do a second one and off you go on, on your way. Did you have ever a, a figure in mind? Look, I want to do 10, I want to do 50. And when you get to 100, did you say, oh my God, I've done 100 marathons. Was that thought process or is it ever with you? It couldn't have been good at doing 900. No, no, it wasn't a thought process for, like when I did the 100, there was no way I had set my goal on a thousand. Yes. Like, so it kind of progressed a bit and then, I got um, like I got to about eight hundred or so, and I thought, do you know what? I I would like to reach a thousand. So I have my goal set now for next year, and uh, hopefully, maybe possibly the Dublin Marathon, and I'll do my one thousand marathon in Dublin next year. I am sitting here exhausted, and I was telling Louise today I feel tired after the week off. How could you feel tired talking to a woman like this? Do you exactly. mind? Do you mind telling them how young you are? Well, I'm 73 now, so I kind of had said, I said to myself, now, I'll be 74 this year, so next year I'll be 75. So I'd like to achieve the 1,000 within my 75th year. Oh. That's the plan, so it would be nice. You will do, do it, it because no. you are so determined, so single-minded as well, and look where you've arrived today. Now, in all those you've done, and I remember asking this before, but I love to remind myself again, does any one or... Uh, stick in your mind uh, you know that you know you'll never forget that particular marathon for a reason or are there a few of them like that well there's one that I absolutely will never ever attempt it again I was totally out of my depth and, and that was the one in Transylvania I had to go up the mountain and um, it was like a 50k and I'm up the mountain on my own and you had to take poles with you because it was kind of a trekking kind of a marathon mm. but you needed poles to get the grip on the on the course Yes, and it, there was bears around and if you saw a bear you had to blow your whistle and <laughs> then I got to the top and there was speck and snow at the top oh my god I felt so out of my depth I really and truly thought I'd never get off that mountain and I said I'm never going up again it was actually at the back in uh, Dracula's Castle in, in the yeah. front of these mountains the quite high there was people also doing 100k I have no idea how they'd done that but my. that was my most scariest and probably one I wouldn't want to repeat for me now yes. there's lots of people still go back and do, do it mm. but I 
well, definitely it was out of my debt. I like to be on the road or on the forest or yes. the trail or whatever, you know, kind of feet firmly on the ground, not up a mountain where I might fall down or something. Do you know, I'm, I'm not very good on them, to be yes. honest, so they're not for me. Well, you won't be doing in the next 100 Transylvania. We know that no, for sure today. Not, where no. have you run it, it, most? Is Dublin your most f- that you've done? Well, Dublin? Yeah, I've done Dublin since I started running. I haven't yeah. been to Dublin. Now, I know there was a pandemic, but I ran it virtually. Yeah. You could do it virtually and they had an app for you. You know, you had the app on your phone and, they, you know, they tracked you that you'd done it and all that kind of stuff. And it was very interesting doing it virtually. Now, I don't count the virtual marathons. Any of the marathons I've done, they're all I authenticated, like they're all official. Yeah. So, yeah, I, have, I haven't missed Dublin. The only reason I didn't do the, the year of the pandemic and the next year was that they weren't on because of the pandemic. But mm. you were allowed to run them virtually. So, yes. So, yeah, Dublin would be the one I've ran all the time. And then I've those ones that I like and I go back to. And do you know what I really like? I like multi-day marathons where you can run, like, I run 10 and 10 marathons, 10 marathons in 10 days, 12 and 12 days. I love them kind of events because you're you're just kind of getting up in the morning, you know you have a marathon to run, and you get the job done kind of thing. You know that sort of a way. It's like you're going out to work almost. I'm going out now and I'm going to do this marathon today and whatever. And, you know, Jerry, you have good days and bad days. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not saying every day is a fantastic day and I'm on mm. Flying and I'm going really well. There's days I have bad days as well. Do you know? Mm. Do you know when someone says that uh, sits in this seat here and interviews people that you're blown away by somebody? Well, yes. you, you do that to me, honestly. When I listen oh, really, to you, Jerry. you do. No, you do. You're just simply amazing when you you think of all that you've, all those miles you've run and. Uh, oh, I'd love to know how many miles yeah. I've run. To be honest, but I, I like obviously. Um, if I had all the apps that I have nowadays, I'd know. But yeah. I, when I started running, there wasn't even a chip timing, mm. to be honest. So that's how long ago it was. But to be honest with you, Jerry, I put an awful lot into it. I really do. I put mm. a lot into my running. I put a lot into getting to the events. I don't drive, so it's very difficult for me sometimes to get to events. But I book them out. I get the bus or I get this or I get that. And I could be waiting on the train for hours and all that kind of stuff. But I put a lot in. Mm. But I also get a lot out of it. Mm. You know, I get a lot of physical and mental strength from it. So there's a lot of rewards in it. You know, it's not all just about running and about me and whatever. I have loads of lovely running friends, great camaraderie among us. You have a good social life. And it keeps me focused. I'm focused now on doing, obviously, my big one, as I call it. I'm calling it the big one <laughs> next year. So I'm going to be focused on that now over the next year. Yes, so and that, that takes planning, you know, to it hit that, doesn't planning. it? Yeah. It takes a lot of time, dedication, focus, everything. You need all that if you're doing something like that. And I have that, you know, and I, I'm mm. focused on that. Now, I couldn't do all this without my family and my running friends and race directors trying to maybe accommodate me, people who are giving me lifts to and from venues and all that kind of stuff. So it involves a lot, Jerry. but I yeah. and I appreciate the fact that I'm in my 78 years and I can run and I feel great. I don't, obviously, at the moment anyway, I am not going to preempt anything. I don't have an ache or a pain. At you know all. What I mean? So that's no, the thing. You know, you no. say you get so much from it and I know from body yeah. and mind as well. Have you ever, you know, been off the road with injury? Well, no? I'm sure a lot of people know the story about me when I broke, or not broke, I fractured my metatarsal in my foot. And I still kept going. I've done a couple of half martins, 10Ks, 5Ks in the boot on the crutches. 
So there was no stopping me, like, I'm not going to stop on that. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to be sure I'm dead when I die, you know? Because I mean? <laughs> I'll still be running somewhere. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's just, you're a tonic. You're a tonic for the troops. You really, really are. I, I have to say, you're just an amazing, amazing woman. Oh, in in, so in all the places you've run, you know, you've run the big ones in the cities and that. The most, you know, picturesque, lovely marathon course you do. If you, could you could you single out one? No, for that. Well, I suppose you could say, and um, most of the most picturesque ones that I ran in is in here in Ireland. To be oh, honest, good. Like Connemara is like oh, hard yes. to beat that anywhere up the north coast of Northern Ireland. Absolutely stunning. Mm. There was one there, and I wasn't running it on Saturday, and it's the Lap of the Gap, which is up the Sally Gap in. Uh, Wicklow and it's absolutely I have ran it before but I didn't actually run this weekend because I was running up the north Mm. but uh, it's absolutely the scenery up there is absolutely stunning and you have a big waterfall you pass that it's just like Mm. it's it's like I can't say you could go any further outside Ireland has the scenery yes and I actually get to run some of the most scenic places that I would never ever be on only I'm running Mm. well even the one I did there at the weekend I actually ran through the night on Saturday night like, so I ran Saturday night and then I ran my 900, that was 899, and then 900 was on uh, Sunday morning. So uh, the scenery up there was lovely. We were in the forest, there was a big lake, there was a big stately home that we were in and out round and all that kind of stuff. It was absolutely beautiful. Mm. Lovely to run in. That's wonderful to hear that those wonderful places here in Ireland, and there's no nicer yeah. place when you get the well, weather. We don't and need to go any further no, than when Ireland. We have the, the lovely scenic yeah, one. Well, there is it. lovely ones mm. abroad as well. Yes. But they, you have it here. We have everything here that we need. It's absolutely like amazing even to run and there's so many groups now doing marathons and putting marathons It's that time of the year Your vacation is coming up You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work You really, really want it all to work out while you're away Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync Things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. On now, like, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's at Martin Club Ireland, you have East of Antrim, you've got East of Ireland, you've got loads of places, and there's loads of uh, lovely um, scenic ones to do. Yes. And they're all, some of the groups are small. And then you have the big city ones like Dublin City Marathon, Belfast, Cork City. They're all big city marathons. Yeah. And they're nice to take part in as well. But the smaller ones are nice too. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You kind of get to know people better in the smaller ones. Yes. You know, and it's more uh, intimate than that. Yeah, and, and it's more intimate. Y- you know, yeah. you mentioned you've been lucky with injury and that as well. But how do, you, how do you fuel the engine? Do you eat much? No. <laughs> now, this is a good question, Jerry, because uh, anyone that knows me, They'll say to me, well, what's your diet? And I'll say, lots of red wine and a bowl of chips. <laughs> <laughs> and honest to God, I'm, I'm not messing. I'm not messing here. And loads of my friends know that. I just love my wee glass of red wine after. And if I get a bowl of chips, I'm handy, happy enough with that. But no, I, um, I actually, I'm not really a big eater now. I eat mm. healthy, I'd say, but really, really healthy. Yeah, we all have. I like chocolate, so I do eat my chocolate and all mm. that stuff. So, yeah, but overall, now, I started running, Jerry. There was no kind of, you know, the, the high protein, the high this, yes. the high that. There was none of that, right? We just had, we were lucky if we got a half a hour's bar on a course the years ago. 
No, so I I ran without any of that stuff. So now I figured to myself, it walked then, it should be still walking now. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I don't go in for any of the high stuff at all. Okay. But um, I do, um, like I mean, I don't knock it now. Mm. Don't don't get me wrong. Mm. And people that rely on it, that's fine. It it works for them. But like I find it doesn't work for me. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not knocking anyone taking whatever they take. and. you know what? If it works, take it. That's what my, my if it works or yeah, take it. Well, you know what I mean. You know, I have the title for the book. When you do the thousand, right? I have the title right. for the book, right? Well, one, it's one thousand not out. Red wine, <laughs> chips, and chocolate. That's it. That's it. You have it. Listen, you're fantastic. So you have now ninety nine to get in between now and Dublin next year. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. you will be running 1,000. That's going to be some story. I'm telling you when that comes round. Khaled, <laughs> congratulations on 900. Thank you. And, and uh, thanks for having me on the Not show, Jerry. Uh, Anytime. You. You're fantastic. Thank you now. Take right, care of yourself. Bye-bye. 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 Isn't she just lovely? Khaled O'Hagan from Dundalk. What? A marvellous, marvellous woman. Inspirational. I could just use so many words to describe her. She is wonderful. 900 marathons. And in 2024, Dublin, 1,000. Oh, I'm looking forward to it already. Sounded very echoey. I sounded echoey, didn't I? I think that's more like it now, isn't it? I think... (laughs) That was nothing in my head again there. There was just that echo. (laughs) might be a little easier on everybody if I did turn it the other way. Anyway, you were late lunch on LMFM Radio this Monday afternoon. That's what you sounded like, the Daleks. <laughs> we are the Daleks. <laughs> we will exterminate you. Oh, I love the Daleks. Doctor <laughs> Who. Saturday evening. Oh, yeah. And a sample watching the Daleks. Yeah, now you bring me back. Memories, memories. By God, the dog and the age thing we yeah. were talking about. Bobby from Portugal. Sandra Tracy. Hello, Sandra. Nice to hear from you this afternoon. Wendy, Jack Russell, 18 years of age, rescue dog again, passed away at Christmas there at 18 years of age. Hi, Jerry and Louise. Please keep your voices down. (laughs) My Jack Russell, Coco, is 15 years and listening, says Al this afternoon. Delighted to hear that. Do you notice a thread in this with the uh, longevity of dogs? There's a lot of Jack Russells. Mm. Yeah, a lot, lot of, of small Jack dogs. Russells in there. Small dogs. Uh, hello, Jerry and Louise. Our beautiful Jack Russell. Another Jack Russell was with us for almost 16 years. Went to sleep five weeks ago. Oh, that's very, very recent, isn't it? We're simply heartbroken. We spoke on the phone several years ago about how he used to sing. I remember when he heard the ice cream van arrive outside. I do remember now. So glad you're back. Missed you last week. Love your show. Thank you, Marie. Thank you for those lovely remarks. There's another one. We had a Jack Russell named... Jerry, <laughs> who was 22. That's the oldest. That's the oldest. So Elizabeth, yeah. the oldest of our 22-year-old Jack Russell. There's a Cairn Terrier. Butch was the name of the Cairn Terrier. Was 21 when we had to have him put to sleep. Didn't get another dog until 20 years later, says Jerry and Navin. You know, it can be painful, really mm. painful. Judy the Jack Russell, another, another Jack one Russell? there. Another one was 19 when she passed three years ago. Have you an elderly senior dog? Tell us their name. What age are they or where? They'd love to hear from me on the show. Lots of them there this afternoon. If you have, uh, haven't been in touch with us, do get in touch. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Uh, the golf, Louise. No, no, you, you don't watch the golf. Brooks Kopka. 
won the US PGA last night. You know there are four major golf events yes. in the year. You know that. I yes, told you this you before. You did learn me that. The Masters was on first. The PGA, US PGA. The US Open is next in June and then in July it's the British Open or the Open Championship. Anyway, Kopke is one of these guys who went to this breakaway. You know the live golf. There's been a breakaway in golf of some of the top players to a new okay. tour, right? right? And there's a big row going on. That's all I'll tell you. Anyway, he's one of the live golfers. He won his fifth major and he won the PGA I think twice before. I was it was riveting stuff last night. We were glued to it, but he was the deserved winner in the end. And the Wednesday club, well done to Eamon McQuail, one of the Wednesday crew who picked Kopka to win. So we're in quids, Louise. And in fact, he's always winning. Two more golfers, two of the boys picked two others who were placed as well. So we have a few pound in the kitty. <clears throat> Are you all right, Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sure, listen, isn't it a bit of fun? It is a bit of fun for sure. Do I have to give you a few wake-up calls? (laughs) You just might. (laughs) Late lunch, LMFM radio after the break. Yes, Sue Masterson, she's four years alcohol-free. How's she getting on? Stay with us to find out. The little ones seem to live longer for sure. Honest to God, the amount of people who've come on to us to say they've had Jack Russell dogs that have lived a long time. There's another one there from Paddy. Hi, Paddy. He's in Drogheda this afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry Louise. My Jack Russell passed away in January this year, aged 16 years old. My God almighty. Like, you know, the Jack Russell seems to certainly dominated uh, senior dogs. So it just shows you those little feisty little fellas and girls are strong, the Jack Russells, that's for sure. And talking about somebody who's strong on two legs and has achieved so much and it's just lovely. And she's back with us on late lunch today to mark another milestone. Yes, she gave the hooch the heave ho four years ago and looking good. And it's Sue Masterson. Welcome back to the show. How you doing? I am doing really good. And I want to say first off, well done to you. Four years on yeah. from you decided Thank to you stop. Thank you so much. Oh no, it's it's wonderful. And 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 can I say, you know, in 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 a glowing sense, you haven't missed a drop of it, have you? No, not at all. Not at all. If I'm ever having a kind of stressful day or anything like that, I, I tend to say, geez, if I was still drinking now, I'd go out for a bottle of wine, but never would think of it. No, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, I've zero interest. Mm. Zero interest. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, you know, especially in the last year, you've had challenges. You've had many oh, challenges on the, talk. yeah, on the <laughs> physical side of things. Tell yeah. us, a, tell us about the shoulder. What happened to you? Yeah, I got frozen shoulder. So initially they thought I'd torn my rotator cuff in the gym. And then it turned out I got MRIs and CTs and it turned out that I'd frozen shoulder. And honestly, the pain, like I wasn't able to move it. I couldn't even put my bra on properly, Jerry. It was oh, no. Like. I had to step into it. But I celebrated <laughs> that on Facebook when I could have been eventually a couple of months ago. <laughs> I was like, Woo-hoo-hoo! I can put my bra on again properly. <laughs> but honestly, but like, but no joke, it was... Yeah. I've had two children without pain relief, just breathing, no gas and air, no nothing. That shoulder pain was excruciating because at night time... If you move, like, I'd be screaming. Thank God I'm single because I would have been divorced if I was married. I'd be screaming out in pain. Like, my son would come in with the ice packs, well, the pack of the peas from the freezer, and I'd have to ice it for about 15 minutes and then try to get to sleep again. It, it affected everything. I couldn't train. I'm not back training properly yet. It's still even sore this morning, like. Mm. So it's just affected. And then, of course, when I don't train, I don't eat properly. When I don't eat properly, then my, like, it's a vicious cycle. My mental health gets affected. So, but, like, thank God, never still, even with all that, still didn't even think 
of alcohol. Didn't come into it. Well, no th- thanks. They and that being like when you describe that, well, then listeners can identify, especially women with that pain threshold level when you have a baby without pain relief and that a frozen shoulder is worse. So, you know, that that's a time again, as you said, you could easy have resorted. Oh, sure, I'll have a glass. It'll just be one. And, uh, you know, and then you're, you're away again. And you didn't, to your credit. The other thing was, You've had COVID, had you? Was it once in the last 12 months or twice? Once, yeah, no, I've had it just, I'm just over it now. I had oh. it last week and I had it last March. And I got a really bad last March. I was on steroids and inhalers and everything. I got a really, really bad. So that kept me out of the gym at the beginning of the year. Do you know, that was March time. Yes. And then, of course, I got frozen shoulder then just in, during the summer. So it was just, last year was just, the last year of, like, w- w- of the fourth, four years like three to four year no beard you know what I mean was the worst for mm. Um, mm. for my fitness it was, ju- it was just rotten but yeah so COVID I was <laughs> voice noting Louise well voice noting I sent, tend to send podcasts but anyway um, I was noting Louise there last week and I sound like Marge Simpson yeah. <laughs> no, Marge Simpson on my 40 <laughs> cigarettes a day <laughs> Louise was telling me she said she looked like Homer but sounded like Marge you know so, yeah, exactly uh, <laughs> 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 I was just off but I still worked because I could work from home yeah. so it, like I wasn't sick enough not to work mm. but it was still Jesus it knocks it like my breathing is still affected I can feel that like yeah. but I sure am glad well yeah. you, you know here's the thing you, there are many times there and you often see it especially with people who smoke you know they give them up for a time and then with the stress they take one and they're off again you know what I mean and yeah. it, it's very hard to then go at it, at it again but in terms of, you know, beyond, you know, your work and your home life and that, I come back to this again. The social settings, neither. That's never challenged you with anybody. No, 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 no. no. Um, and I'm the, like, I'm the driver when we go out. So it's great, like, and even if I'm going out places, even to work events or whatever, I can go. I still have a laugh. Sure, they don't even know if I'm sober or drunk anyway. <laughs> like when I'm on a night out and, uh, and I can just get in the car and drive home. Oh, it's mm. brilliant. What do you make? I don't know whether you saw the news today, uh, because I know you're in the West, um, yep. the, the the lovely West of Ireland, uh, the, the, about the new labelling on alcohol, you know, outlining, uh, you know, all the issues with alcohol. Do you think in a way that would make any difference? I, I personally don't think so. Mm. I think if people are going to drink, they're just going to drink. I think, do you know what, with, with me, before I gave it up, I kind of was like, mm, I should really kind of... Get, like cut down on this even, do you know what I mean? And I knew for a while I should I should be cutting down, but um, I think I, it was just people around me that go, Cheer, you don't even drink that much. Do you know what I mean? But three bottles of wine a week is is a lot. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But other people were just going, sure, that's it. I drink more than that. So then the people I surrounded myself with were kind of like, sure, that's nothing. Do you know what I mean? So I think their mentality of, sure, you don't drink much, I don't think a label on a bottle is going to really stop them. Mm. They know they know already how it's affecting them. Yes, I think most yes. people are. They're just, I like. They're kind of. They like to just be ignorant to it because mm. <laughs> they like to have their drinks. Yeah, and I suppose know? it's like the warning on the cigarette boxes. They're putting that actually onto the alcohol now. The calories in it. The uh, the dangers of excess drinking. Uh, the dangers of disease and especially cancer as well and stuff like that. I I I I know they're doing it and they're saying they're bringing drink and alcohol into line with other foodstuffs as well. But if you're a smoker, if you're a drinker, will you look at labels? Probably not. You know, I don't. I don't mm, think so. I don't mm. think so. 
yeah, that's uh, the thing about it, really. But but talking to people like you really does uh, hammer home the message. No more, you know, mornings where you feel like lying on or you're fuzzy for the day or you have no energy. Nothing like that now. No, no. Well, apart from, to be honest, like because I hadn't been training, yes. my mental health suffered. Yeah. So I had that with my mental health and I've been in a rut. Like, I'm so honest, Jerry. you know me, like mm. I am. And I had been in a rut. But you know what's got me out of that now? Because I was in it for a while. I did, like perimenopause is just a wonderful thing, Jerry. Any of the women listening who are perimenopausal, <laughs> just just a bloody nightmare. Um, but uh, yeah, just anxiety through the roof and going, what the hell is happening to me? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. So that kind of played with my mental health as well. So, but when my four year anniversary came up. I kind of look back at the year and what I tend to do is, you know, for people who think, oh, I've had a crap year, go into your camera roll on your phone and go back and then you'll remember moments of the year. Do you know what? I wasn't that bad. Yeah, I was injured. But I learned, like, when I was injured, I don't know if you saw on Facebook as well, I was like, I need to try to keep my mental health going because that's so important to me. So I actually, one of my, my sister-in-law actually suggested to me, so why don't you take up arts and crafts? And I was like, do you know, I might give painting a go. I've sold about four paintings <laughs> since last year from learning. Didn't even know I could paint. Didn't have a clue. No four paintings, the saleswoman in me. And uh, yeah, so that it's just gas, like what you can, what you can achieve. achieve. But yes. uh, I'm going off on one now. <laughs> you uh, may stop me because you know I can talk for Ireland. No, 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 but you are being honest about oh, the 100%. challenges that you... Yeah. And you were always like that with us. And here is another challenge that you face. I love your artwork. And I'll tell you what I love as well. You post beautiful pictures because I know some of the areas you're in because I am an angler and a fisherman and I fish Loch Ool and I fish Loch Ennell and you've been oh, around. I love I it. loved your pictures down there that oh, you were posting. Just and like uh, Loch Ennell because that's only half an hour from me. Mm. So like I love to be around. I'm actually at Bertra Beach here sitting in the car park. I've just walked in uh, kind of 45 to minutes to an hour up along the beach by the water. That's my go-to place and that's where I re-energise and this is where I'm getting ready to kick this year's ass now from year four to year five. This is me, like I'm just, I'm so ready for it now. Thank God, like I'm out of the rut. But um, but, but just being by water. But Loch Ennell is just amazing. Mm. It's just, uh, uh, and then you walk way around there as well, you know, the forest walk, uh, yes. there's kind of a 4K loop. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, and those, it's free. Yeah, and those Midland Lakes, they're such a wonderful resource uh, on our doorsteps there as well. So you find that, you know, getting out and about, turning your hand to the art, the photography, the posting, the walking and all that is all yeah. coming together to help you along the well, way. And yeah. obviously, you know, this has hit you hard, you know, the, the not being able to exercise uh, oh, yeah, has it was been the toughest, the toughest challenge. Would you say it's been tougher than giving up the beer? Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I see the change in me. I can, and I could feel it in me. Do you know that way? It mm. was just horrendous. Mm. But now, um, like, I know I'm raring to go again. I'm very excited about this year. I'm kind of what I'm doing. This, so, and I'm in Mayo. I've come. I'm in Westport. They've come for two nights on a solo trip to stay in a log cabin by myself, and it's my self care. I've brought down all my positivity stuff. I've brought in my art. I've, I'm journaling, I'm setting out my goals from year four to year five of what I want to achieve now. So last year was a struggle, but this year I'm making up for last year and this year I'm one. Tell me now. Yeah. Oh, so excited! You are, and rightfully so, and in beautiful Westport, one of the most beautiful towns in Ireland. Uh, yeah. Absolutely lovely, down along the Mall there, through the centre of the town, and all you have surrounding it as well. There you are, you with your thoughts, with your plans yeah. ahead. Yeah, 
Oh, it's real. This is my this is my favorite thing to do now. Out in nature, just and then just setting my goals. Good. And yeah, and yeah, just uh, writing them down step by step. How I'm going to achieve them, and uh, yeah, I'll be a different woman again by thir- by Wednesday even. <laughs> Again, I will. I'm going to be going to Mulrani. That's where the Mastersons are from. Where yeah. um, that's where my granddad's from. Mulrani is only half an hour from here as well. Yeah, beautiful. So beautiful I'll go and see my cousins. Yeah. Do yeah, indeed. And listen, have a great time. Thank you for joining us. Thanks no as always problem. for being so honest with us as well. And oh, here's, no problem. It's here's important to, be to year five and everything that brings your way. And may you have happiness and joy and all the goodness in life. Thank you so much, Sue. Thanks so much, Jerry. Take care. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. The wonderful Sue Masters in there. There you are. You know, the physical injury took its toll out of her. But by God, is that woman just brilliant at... Uh, you know, appreciating what she has, looking round her and getting on with things. And we do wish her well. Jerry, our son was abused in school in Navin 25 years ago. He was 15 at the time. He was abused physically and mentally every day unknown to us. He had to have a very serious operation because of the abuse and he never got justice. No one was ever charged. It's an horrific story. I'm only telling you a little bit. Our son needs care all the time now. That comes in from a Mead listener this afternoon. It's terrific to hear that. It really is. It's a shocking scenario. It really, thank you for getting in touch with us on the show. I, I do appreciate it. And that's unfortunately, Louise, of our yeah. conversation with Shane Dunphy. Unfortunately, the show. I think there's a lot of people out there that just won't mm. um, tell anybody what they're going through. Mm. Or what and they've been through. Yeah. In, in the past horrific stories I've been hearing that since in the last week mm. and it, I just think bullying everybody says oh yeah we're dealing with bullying but I just think bullying actually hasn't been addressed in society mm. it needs to be mm. worst type of individual bullies the worst the worst I have to say and what about that young lad 13 years of age on the tractor in Mayo who mm. died Louise who lets a 13 year old take charge of a machine like that. You know, I asked that question and I'm sure you've been on the road yourself mm. in Louth and Meath and I've seen those young lads myself. Mm, it's kind of a rite of passage, isn't it? And you, you know, my word, I was born just... Born a farm, you love tractors, that's it. You just want to mm. drive a tractor. I was just thinking of Alma Jordan and Agri-Kids and when I heard the news as well, she does wonderful work around the country but still they happen. 13 years of age in charge of... Mm. Um, powerful machine but maybe that's why maybe pe- the thought is behind it's such a big sturdy safe mm. thing that yeah they'll be fine they can't go over 50 kilometres or whatever and you know they don't they see it as safer than a car but you know Ah, oh, we think of that not. young lad and his family today it's yeah. too late for them you know what I mean but my god almighty really the, the the questions have to be asked about age and taking responsibility of vehicles as powerful as that that can can do big speeds it really is Patrick Keelty for the Late Late Show when did it come out Saturday was it Saturday the news broke Saturday or Sunday yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Saturday, what yeah. do you think what do you think I have think you, that's you? a great choice do you yeah I think he's polished and I just think he's you know yeah I oh, it should have been well. a woman it should have been a woman uh, I don't think so you're really, you're really serious about Doctor that. Who should be a woman. <laughs> Doctor Who should be a woman. I think it should be man, woman or child depending on your ability. Yes. Not just because you're... Yes. A, it's Thank just been you. men. It has to be a woman this time. I think 
No, thank I you for saying that, like as, that as, as a lady as well and as a woman saying that I agree with you it's you know it has to be this it has to be that and no. if there was a fantastic woman out there equal to Patrick Kennedy, I'm sure they, they were yes. considered for the yeah, job no doubt about that at all but oh my god when you, you just bombard anyway the decision has been made someone is going to be appointed and Ryan says goodbye I on thought Friday that's why night. you took last week off to be honest <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> couldn't leave you a little old LMF you leaving me I'd be following you <laughs> <laughs> of course you would of course you would anyway let's head towards top of the hour at three in the company of Miss Miley Cyrus I love her and flowers we were good we were cold kind of dream that can't be so we were right till we weren't built a home and watched it burn Folk really do love their four-legged friends and miss them often years after they're gone. This one, King Charles called Millie, lived 14, 10 years gone and still miss her. Jerry's been on to say he has a cocker spaniel called Buddy. I love the name. 16 years and going strong, the cocker. Huh? What about that? Yes, indeed. 22 years was the oldest uh, dog we heard about in the North East this afternoon. It's a hell of an age, but still well short of Bobby, the world's oldest dog, who's from Portugal and turned 31 recently. Thanks indeed for all your comments and messages to us on the show. We do appreciate it and love them. We really, really do. And we hope you love this, which we do at this time most days. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... I'm going back to this week in 1979. And I begin on a Monday with our number five in the top five countdown. And this song was a massive hit in the United States. In fact, it spent four weeks at number one in both the R&B and singles charts in the USA. So selling over two million copies at the time and it was ranked by Billboard which is the chart in America as the number five song for the year of 1979 in the UK though it only went one place higher than our countdown it uh, finished up at number four in the UK charts not going beyond that and it took quite a few weeks for it to make it to number four in fact anyway here we go with number five in our top five countdown this week I'm sure many of you remember it and know it. Yes, it's Peaches and Herb and Reunited at number five. Peaches and Herb, my number five in top five countdown this week from this very week in 1979. And I'm sure back then, two million it sold uh, on vinyl. And when you hear that HMV uh, announced recently that they're reopening a store on Grafton Street in Dublin, it just shows you the boom or boon in uh, vinyl sales that's happening. That's the idea of reopening the store. My God almighty. 
as everything changes, it comes round again, doesn't it? It really, really does. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Monday afternoon. A final break of the day on the way. And afterwards, I'm joined by the fundraising manager from the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre, Emer Quinlan. Even though she's no longer with us, Vicky Phelan continues to raise awareness and advocate for others going through a cancer journey. And this weekend, the Vicky Phelan campaign and portrait exhibition touches down in the northeast in the Barbican Centre in Drogheda. And joining me to tell me more is Emer Quinlan, who's fundraising manager with the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. Afternoon, Emer. Hi, Jerry. Thank you for having me on the show. Not at all. You're very welcome to Late Lunch. Tell our listeners what, in essence, this is and why it's coming to Drogheda. Well, Jerry, when we heard the um, portrait was going on tour, we knew we had to bring it to Drogheda. So we're very honoured and privileged to bring it this weekend. It's going around schools and colleges and other cancer support centres. We're delighted to have it this weekend. So it's on a tour of the country and I'd mentioned awareness and advocacy. Advocacy, it's a hard word to say. Um, uh, That is in essence what this is about, is it? Raising the awareness, support for people? It is, yeah. Well, we want to continue Vicky's legacy in educating people about cervical cancer. It was also her aim to raise the awareness of the importance of the HPV vaccine for young boys and girls and the importance of having a voice in your healthcare and advocating for others who may be undergoing the treatment. Yeah, so there's a lot in there. So the HPV yeah, vaccine yeah, is an important yeah. aspect of this too. It is. It's a more of an awareness campaign. It's to let people know. And given the nature of the work we do here in supporting those with cancer and their families, it's a privilege to have it and promote this important awareness raising campaign as well. Now, it's in the Barbican this coming Friday. The doors open at six o'clock. Is Friday evening open to the general public? It is, Jerry. It's a free event and everybody is welcome. So there's no money involved here at all. You can just no. show up. It starts at 7 o'clock. And who will be there on Friday evening? The evening will commence with David Brennan. He's a lifelong friend of Vicky and the owner of the portrait. So David, David will tell Vicky's story and he'll explain the symbolism portrayed in each panel. It's a stunning portrait. It's a must-see for everybody. And um, then there'll be a panel discussion with, um, you know, Carol, who's Vicky's solicitor. Lorraine yeah. Walsh is the co-founder of the 221 Plus group and Quiva O'Neill Ford, also 221 group, they'll be there to discuss their journeys and the current situation with the 221, the legal issues. So it's uh, encompassing uh, a lot of areas here, the legal end, yeah. survivors uh, uh, and again, uh, awareness coming yeah. back to that. John Wall is the guest speaker here, isn't he? Yes, indeed. Yes, he is. John's also a cancer survivor himself at the moment. Yes, yeah, so... Mm. He'll be there in the evening to the opening talk. So it's a very interesting evening. It's a must-see. I encourage everybody to come along if they can. And if they can't make it on Friday, it's also there on the Saturday morning. Yes, and that's important to say. So Friday evening, 7 o'clock start at the Barbican, and then Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday, 10.30am to 1pm lunchtime. And there's a presentation happening at 11am there on Saturday. Again, it's open to members of the public. Vicky's, some of Vicky's family, I believe, will be. Uh, will our parents be there, G- uh, Gabby and John? They'll be there in the evening. They are, yes. Yeah. Family and friends will be there in the evening, yes, yes. So it's going to be a lovely evening for them. Lovely to meet them. Yeah, and, and this all ties in with the work you do at the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. It does, Jerry. yeah. Given the nature of what we do and supporting families, and we knew we had to bring it here for the, for the members of the public here mm. at the centre. It's very important for us to have it here to promote the awareness. 
Isn't it amazing, I said in the introduction there, how her legacy continues. She's still, you know, advocating, making a difference in people's lives, raising the, the, the awareness, telling the story still through her family and friends. Oh, she does. She continues to inspire and encourage women and men across Ireland. It's a great mm. opportunity to bring stories count aloud. Mm. Absolutely delighted. And I'm looking at images of the uh, portraits here. Oh, they're, they're haunting, aren't they? Oh, Jerry, it's stunning. It's a trip tech. And the way it's done in the evening, David is absolutely brilliant. He'll explain each panel as he goes along. And the symbolisms in it are just amazing. Mm. Absolutely gorgeous. And, and she, he did this when she was alive with her yeah. approval, etc.? Yes, of course, yeah. yeah. It was Vicky's, this is what she wanted. She wants to take this portrait on tour and wants to make the awareness and bring it to schools and colleges and to make it, let the story be told yeah. of her journey and her story. It's amazing. And that is what is going to happen this Friday and Saturday. In a general sense, you're as busy as ever there. You're, you're new into the role there. How's it going for you? Yeah, not so bad, Jerry. Yeah, I'm clicking around the beach shoes. They're starting to fit. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just take time, but it's such a great centre. It's brilliant to have it here in the town, so I'm enjoying mm. the work. Of course, so, and you get wonderful support, and people never forget you. I know that as well. They, yeah, the public and businesses in the area, they're so good for us. The people are just brilliant in Drogheda and the yeah. surrounding areas. They're just brilliant. Couldn't do it without them. And, uh, you know, you are, I repeat this again, I always say it, I said it when Anne was there, Gary Kelly doesn't get any a very a small amount of support from central funds and that you have to raise the money to fund all you do there each year. Yeah, everything. It's all fundraising and donations, Jerry. Yeah, mm. keep these doors open. It's yeah, very important. And work. yeah, you look after people in the northeast beyond the Drawn and Greater Drawn area. People come to you from everywhere, don't they? They, they do. do. Yeah, your address means nothing. You know. The door is always open. We're always here for everybody and their families. Mm. and uh, away just reminding you uh, while we're talking to Emer on the show today don't forget the bingo play the bingo and you're supporting the centre as well and the jackpot is, is big there at the moment too anyway just reminding listeners today Friday this Friday the Barbican Centre in Drogheda it's a 7 o'clock start get there early open to the public and then again on Saturday morning 10.30am to 1 o'clock with a presentation at 11 on Saturday morning. Everybody welcome and it's free folks it won't cost you a penny to go along thank you indeed, wish you well with this Thank you very much, Jerry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye. That's Emer Quinlan there, who's fundraising manager with the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre in Drogheda. And we do wish them all the very best of luck with that. And you'll be hearing more about it during the week here on LMFM Radio uh, on all shows. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.